The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck. Like a rugged half-ton Tundra, workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. All right, is it Mike Davis? Is it Daryl Henderson? Maybe you're prioritizing Russell Gage or a different wide receiver. Mike Gesicki's got a great matchup this week, and he could have a nice season after a, a rough week one. Welcome to the Waiver Wire Show as we get ready for Fantasy Week 3. And you know there are a lot of names to go out there and get. I'm here with Jamie and Dave today. Jamie, uh, how would you characterize the waiver wire this week? Give me some adjectives. Uh, bountiful. Mm. Um, hopeful. Mm-hmm. Um, depressing. <laughs> All in one, huh? The only reason I say depressing is because of the guys you have to replace. Yeah, it stinks, man. That was good. You did well on your SATs, I can tell. Would you like to know how it might lead to the waiver wire column? Here, here's, yeah. here's, here's how I wrote Week two was devastating, depressing, and disastrous. One by one, big name after big name, the injuries kept coming and coming and coming. I've never seen a week like this. Wow. I, we, we say I've never seen a week like this because we forget about other weeks. No, but I've never, seen, I've picks, never no seen a week like this. Not where the top two picks in fantasy go down. Oh, sucks. And, and, and the way that they, they went down. I mean, you know, at least a month for the top pick and McCaffrey and the whole season for Barkley. I mean, it's... Uh, you were just watching that go, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. <laughs> like, yeah. Was, yeah. Eventually, you run out of no's to give. There's a nightmare Sunday every year, and this was like the all-time nightmare Sunday. It's, but it's, it's two weeks in a row, though. I mean, we lost the Well, last week wasn't anywhere as bad as this week. I know we lost a bunch last week, but this week was the killer. Yeah. The killer. I wonder, like, why is, Why does Christian McCaffrey have the worst ankle sprain? Like, everybody else is, like, two to three weeks. Barkley missed, like, two games. Michael Thomas is not on IR yet. McCaffrey's out four to six weeks. What? What is that? What is that? I'm going to guess, based on what he said, he's back three weeks. Yeah, he's beating that timeline. Let's be optimistic here. But still, Mike Davis might be number one. Let's get our top three or four or whatever. Let's get our top priorities on the waiver wire. Let's talk about our fab spending. Uh, Dave, I'll let you start. Give me however many names you want on this this wacky Tuesday. Well, I think you've got to go after running backs first, whether you need them or not. Most people are going to need them. Mike Davis is at the top of the list for me because I think he's got the path to pretty much like every down work for the Panthers and he caught eight passes uh, last Sunday. So he would be first. Daryl Henderson would be second, especially if those injuries for acres and Malcolm Brown end up being pretty significant. 
And Jerick McKinnon is third. He might be a short-term fix at uh, at running back, but I would imagine he's going to see the bulk of the playing time for San Francisco against the Giants, and that's a really good thing. You yeah. know, the funny thing is, is like last week, we gave you three suggestions of running backs, and there were different orders for different guys with Malcolm Brown, Benny Snell. and I'll, I'll, Benny Snell was first, Naheem Hines was second, and, and Malcolm Brown was third. That was for me. Um, they are all dis- they're all disappointing. James Conner came back and Benny Snell was worthless. Naeem Hines didn't do anything. We still expect him to do something long-term, but he didn't do anything in week two. And Malcolm Brown, who knows what he would have done, but he got hurt. So could the same thing happen this week because there's not really like a standout guy? Yes, take that into account. But as Dave said, Davis's path to playing time is right in front of you for however many games McCaffrey is out. You have Henderson could be amazing or could be in dud because if the other guys come back, you know, you could be wasting your fab or your waiver priority. Again, take that into account. And they both and could be back this week. That has they both to be could said be back this week. McVay said day to day for acres, uh, which the injury sounds painful. Um, yes. And uh, he said, McVay said that Brown could be available uh, dealing with the fractured pinky. So again, take that into account. Henderson may be the best Rams running back long-term, or he may be third on the depth chart. And then with McKinnon, like they've said, it's, it's, it could be a short-term scenario, but it would not shock me at all, especially after what happened to them on the turf in the same stadium where half their team fell apart, that we don't see McKinnon getting a heavy workload and they use him in the passing game more just to you know keep him um, a little bit more in a bubble, I guess. I don't know, you know, in bubble wrap, not to you know run him 15 times. So it could be Jeff Wilson, and they're probably going to elevate to Michael Hasty off the practice squad. So there may not be a, I got a starter to replace McCaffrey, to replace Barkley, whatever the case may be for your team. But Davis, to me, looks like the best of this group for however long McCaffrey is out. And if you don't want to go with the running backs, you, you know, Mike Kosicki's got some long-term appeal and, and short-term appeal. The Jaguars, that's his Thursday night matchup. The Jaguars... Uh, have allowed 13 catches on 15 targets with 198 yards and two touchdowns to tight ends so far. And we had hopes for a Mike Kosicki breakout, so you could look at him. Russell Gage will be a popular wide receiver to add. Uh, Gardner Minshew could be a great quarterback to add, and he's rostered in 54% of leagues. Now, you you guys talked about Mike Davis, talked about Daryl Henderson, talked about Jarek McKinnon. You didn't mention a Giants running back. So I have a bunch of questions here about these running backs. Let's start, Let me start with this. Number one, could you see a scenario where Mike Davis is not used as the lead back? And it's like, what? Are you kidding me? We thought it was going to be him. And oh my gosh, they curved by him. That happened with the Lions last year. I can't remember the specifics, but it was it like was Ty Johnson was, was supposed to right. be the guy. And then I think they went, was a Scarborough at the time? I, don't it was, think so. I, I think they had to, I think we had to wait a week on Scarborough. Yeah. Right. I don't remember who else. they went yeah, with, right. but it was right. It was it might have been McKissick. Okay. Oh, mm-hmm. sure. Right. So, you know, could, could we get one of those situations? Devontae Freeman is looming out there. Uh, so that's number one. Your confidence in in uh, Mike Davis to be the lead guy. And then number two, uh, Giants running backs. <laughs> you know, uh, not even not in your top three. I think for Davis, in terms of the confidence factor, uh, like Dave said, the eight catches is what you want to hang your hat on because you know they're going to be chasing points. You know that that's something that they're going to do is throw to their backs. And the fact that they did that in the, in the first opportunity that he was needed um, 
is a, is a good sign because he's not going to be a 20 carry guy. At least I don't expect that to be the case. And they may, or I would expect them to promote Reggie Bonifon off their practice squad. So he's the one that could be the wild card in all of this. But uh, I think you look at Davis and, and the hope would be is he's a flex option for you better in PPR than non PPR. So he's not going to be McCaffrey. Don't expect that. Um, and I wouldn't, you know, rush to start him if you don't have to, but I think you look at um, the giant situation is I would, as of we're recording this, if I had to put my bids in now or my waiver claims in now, I would go with Freeman over the other two guys, because I don't think the other two guys in terms of Deion Lewis and Wayne Gallman are going to be very successful. And I think maybe Freeman had, I don't think Freeman has the chance to be more successful than those guys. If he gets the ability to play for the giants, because I don't Lewis know if is, any of them could do it. Uh, that, that's I mean, probably the safest a hard thing time to finding yeah. lanes with that offensive line. So, right. But, but I think in terms of like Lewis is going to be probably just relegated to passing down work with a little bit of carries. Gallman's probably going to do more carries with a little bit of passing down work. It's going to be messy. It's like how the jets are right now. You know, it's like Frank Gore and then whoever right. else is going to play. Kalen Bellage was the guy playing on passing. downs. like, you don't want to have to trust those guys, but again, you're just looking at who has a path to playing time. And so, I'd rank the Giants guys right now, the unsigned guy in Freeman first, uh, Lewis second, and Gallman third. I'd have the exact opposite order, but I'm, I'm not excited about getting any of them. The only saving grace for Gallman and Lewis at this point is that we know that they're in a position to play the next 14 games. Right. We can't say that about the other running backs. Mm-hmm. The other running backs are definitely shorter solutions, but... I, I think you got to go after them first anyway and then deal with a long-term solution later. Yeah, and Wayne Gallman was good against the football team last year in his one start. He got a ton of work. How does that work when you talk about them in the past tense? I still think that people are offended by it, so I'm not going to say it. I would agree, but I mean, you know, you are just, talking about the, the history of the franchise. I should so just, I just say Washington, but you're right. I mean, that occurred to me mid-sentence, and I just, yeah, went football team there. Um, yeah. All right. And then like Henderson, you know, it's not just picking up Henderson because you think he's could be the starter this week with the other two guys out. The other two guys might play, but Henderson was really good. And we, we finally get to see him featured a little bit. 12 carries, 81 yards and a touchdown, two catches for 40 yards. Guy averaged over eight yards per carry every year in college. So maybe he's just really good. Maybe he's their best running back. You at least got to give yourself the possibility there. Um, Got the Bills this week. We haven't seen a running back get more than seven carries against the Bills. We also have Miles Gaskin out there, guys. Like he is he he could be he's kind of a starting running back. And he's twenty percent rostered. Significantly more than Jordan Howard and Matt Breida. It's not even close. So why isn't he why isn't he like number two? He he is. I would take him ahead of the Giants guys. You know, I I think you look at it this way, like, you know, if you're if you're looking at maybe who has the highest ceiling, I I think Davis has the highest ceiling of this group, just given the opportunity of however many games will start without McCaffrey there. Then I think you look at Henderson, like you said, Adam, there's the short term and then there's the potential of the long term. So you take the chance on that. McKinnon has already showed you something in limited touches. You talk about explosiveness. We know what he's been when he's been healthy. And this is his best opportunity now to showcase that as long as most are, but most likely Coleman, given the absence that he's going to deal with. And then once you get past those guys, I think Gaskin should be there. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the sad thing about it is, like, we told you to pick him up last week, and we didn't necessarily hammer the point home too much because, okay, maybe it was one game. They're chasing points. They're playing the Patriots. Who knows how this was going to work? It's now two weeks of them telling you, this is our running back. And here's what the, here's the, the, the plays. Gaskin has played 88 snaps through two games. Jordan Howard has played 17. Matt Breida has played 30. 
It's like the gap couldn't be any wider. Yeah, except Howard gets those stupid touchdowns. But who cares? He's averaging 0.8 yards per carry. Oh, if they're gonna keep, if they're gonna bring him in at the goal line, it's obviously. <laughs> I don't. I don't care. care. Well, I don't care. I'm not saying like, you pick I, I up want, Howard, but it matters for Gaskin. It matters for Gaskin in non PPR, but in PPR, he's clearly going to be productive because right now, with what he's doing, he's averaging 11 and a half PPR points per game. Again, not a starter. But if you're stuck and you need somebody to plug in, especially once we start getting to the bye weeks, remember, we haven't got there yet. Yeah. We're already dealing with all these injuries. Yeah. And so this is a guy now that the Dolphins are telling you, when we are chasing points, he's our guy. When we need somebody that we trust, he's our guy, except at the goal line right now. And if Howard continues to struggle, maybe that changes. Dave, you want to throw out any more names? How about some wide receivers who would be your priorities? Gage is at the top of the list, and he'd still be more PPR than non-PPR. I just think that that's going to be where his value is safer because of target share and that Atlanta offense. And then I don't have a really great feeling about the rest of the wide receivers. Corey Davis would be second if he's still there. Uh, Nikhil Harry would be a consideration, again, more in PPR than non-PPR. I was happy with what I saw from Traquan Smith on Monday against the Raiders. Sure. He might be he might be third on this list. Maybe he's even second on this list if it's non-PPR. Like I would look at I guess I would I, I guess I'll make him third. I would probably say Davis Gage Traquan in straight non-PPR, no catches counting. And then if it's full PPR, I'll go Gage, Davis, Smith, Harry. I wish I had more faith in the player, but the opportunity for Golden Tate is big right now, and he's 51% rostered. He played five games without Sterling Shepard last year, and he was on pace in those five games. Golden Tate was on pace for 96 catches, 1,293 yards, and 10 touchdowns. You know what? That's a good call. And he had 80 or more yards in four or five games without Sterling Shepard, and he only had 80 or more yards in one other game rest of season. Now Barkley's out too. He had five targets. He caught all five of them. I just, I mean, I think there's some question about like if he's got, still got it or if he's just kind of old. But sure, but at, at the very least, you you know that his target volume is going to be good. And think back to those days in Detroit when the Lions couldn't run the ball. I guess they still can't run the ball very well now. But he was an extension of their run game, and it's very well within the realm of possibility that that happens now in New York with Saquon out. That he gets two or three screens a game on top of all the slants and digs and out routes that he runs within 12 yards of the line of scrimmage. Uh, I'm, I'm moving him up. I think it, it, I'll go Gage, Davis, Tate, Traquan, because Traquan doesn't have a lot of long-term value. Mm-hmm. Once Michael Thomas comes back, he's not going to be helpful for your fantasy team. Yeah, and of course, there could be some players who are available and, you know, 20% there, there are at least. twenty. Yeah, yeah, like Debo Samuel could be out there. Robbie Anderson could be out there. We'll talk about all those guys. Uh, let's talk about Fab. How much on Mike Davis? I wouldn't go nuts, like uh, around 20%. I don't think you're going to get him. I think there's going to be somebody desperate in every league that needs him bad, and I think they'll go probably more than a third of their Fab. I'm, I think you're going to have to go close to 40% to get Mike Davis. Yeah, that's a waste because you're looking at a guy that's got short-term appeal and who knows how good he's going to be. So don't over. But if, if I'm 0-2 and, and I don't have Christian McCaffrey oh, on my it, team. It's obviously case-specific. You know, if you have to right. win and you're stuck, then you got to spend on him. But I think like, if you're the smart fantasy manager, there's going to be, again, we said this last week, there's going to be guys that this continues to happen to and you don't want to not have those Fab. That's true. A great dollars point. later in the season. So if, if you don't need Mike Davis, don't go crazy sure. for Mike Davis. If you need Mike Davis and you're 0-2, then go crazy for Mike Davis because you have to guarantee yourself some production. So it's it's case by case. But in the broad I, scope of things, I would say 20%. 
I'm in a salary cap draft. I spent big on Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley. Yeah, you're stuck. Yeah, I've I've got to go big on Mike Davis. I don't even know if he's out there. So how big are you going to go? League. How big are you going to go on Wayne Gallman, who you said was your favorite of the Giants' options? Uh, not nearly as big. I if I uh, give me a percentage, fifteen. Okay. All right, Daryl Henderson's out there. How much you spending on him? Twenty. Boy, I really hope that we don't have three kind of useless running backs for the Rams. You know, <laughs> like, right? They might. Well, so they far might, you had two good ones, but we just didn't have them in our lineups. It's true, but we might legitimately have a three-headed monster this year. Um, it would be the, the best case scenario right now is that Acres and Brown don't play, and Henderson has a telling performance. Whether he stinks, and you know that okay, once those guys come back, they're going to probably go to one of those two guys, or he's awesome, and then maybe that's the guy moving forward. So you'd like to at least see something as opposed to you know where he does something in the passing game and nothing on the ground, vice versa, gives you quite of this, uh, you know, middling type of game. And then you're looking at it and say, what do I do? Mm-hmm. For what and it's Adam worth, Schefter, I thought he looked... Oh, Adam Schefter says Malcolm Brown expected to play this week. Okay. Okay. Thanks, Travis. So that definitely changes it. Um, I, still I thought Anderson second. actually looked great. Yeah. I. Do you put him second or do you put McKinnon second? I, I just don't think McKinnon is getting a ton of work, and we don't know how long Mostert's going to be out. So I still think Henderson is worth taking the chance on number two. Okay. Um, and Jeff Wilson could be sneaky, just, you know, like a $2 bid right. or something. And he had two games last year. He played, got some work without Tevin Coleman healthy, and he scored two touchdowns in both games. They've shown that they'll use him, Jeff Wilson, near the goal line. Uh, all right, guys. Uh, Schrager, what are we promoting today? What are we promoting? We got Jamie at 8 p.m. on Twitch tonight. Waiver Wire Show. Ask every single Waiver Wire question you have. He's going to answer, and Adam will answer. Yeah, you as know, well. I'm on Twitch too. That was kind of messed up. Yeah, I mean, you are the host on every single Twitch. Jamie's not on every Twitch. We got to give him the benefit of the doubt. But also on Friday, dropping on Saturday, we're recording a mailbag. It's Adam. It's Jamie. It's Frank Stample. From CBS Fantasy, the host of the FBT pod is coming on as a fantasy football analyst. So get excited. Leave those questions with a five-star review on Apple. Jamie, Frank, Adam will answer all of your questions. Leave them on Apple Podcasts, five-star review. I think Frank has 11 letters in his name, Frank Stample, and nine of them are consonants. He's just, he's got a lot of consonants, people. just It's an easy don't name see to that. spell because it's just Stamp Florida. That's <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so every time, That's like I had to look good. up his email for one of our mock drafts, I would just oh yeah, it's uh, Stamp FL, Stamp Florida. I like that. All right, all right. So yeah, check us out on Twitch and the mailbag. And Frank's awesome. He's so much fun. Um, and he joined us on Twitch on Sunday morning. So uh, looking forward to having him on the mailbag. All right, here are your news and notes. Uh, so a lot of it, you know, Barkley out for the year, McCaffrey four to six weeks, Cortland Sutton out for the season. Devontae Adams is probably fine. Raheem Mostert likely out this week. Tevin Coleman out multiple weeks, but Mostert has not been declared out yet. What a weird game. Like, could you be more depleted than the San Francisco 49ers are right now? Could you have to travel more than the 49ers have to travel? Do you know what happened to them too? With their plane? Yeah. And then the MRI. And that MRI machine, right. Yeah, MRI machine broke. Their plane was run into like on the runway. Uh, Lose their starting quarterback, their best defensive player, their starting running back, already down their top tight end and top wide receiver. 
I mean, you want to talk, it's not a Super Bowl hangover from a play standpoint, but it's just like a Super Bowl jinx after what happened to them losing to the Chiefs and how it unfolded as well. And they still beat the pants off of the Jets. Well, I mean, Garoppolo and Mostert played the majority of that game, so. Uh, yeah, but Bosa didn't. And Sullivan Thomas got hurt early, too. Uh, I so, think the Giants can win stretch. this week. It's, it, it wouldn't shock me. I'd be surprised. Uh, unless the turf monster gets the Niners. Who's the again. better quarterback in the game, Nick Mullins or Daniel Jones? I don't know. I, I, I you hope, don't know? I know. I hope it's... Uh, well, it could be Garoppolo. He hasn't been ruled out yet, so keep that in mind. Could be Garoppolo. That's fair. If uh, Garoppolo plays, I would change what I said. Yeah. No, I'd take Jameis Jones over Nick Mullins. Brashad Perryman, week to week. Chris Hogan, though, avoided serious injury, and he had a good game. They're at the Colts. That's the Jets. Uh, let's see. Bruce Irvin, Seattle defensive end. He's out for the year. And cornerback Marquise Blair is out for the year for the Seahawks. The Jets without their center, Connor McGovern. He's week to week. The football team will be without their best offensive lineman, Brandon Scherf, expected to miss three to five weeks. And Cleveland might have a pretty good run defense. Baltimore should have a pretty good run defense. Those are their next two opponents. Might be tough sledding for Antonio Gibson. Minnesota lost Anthony Barr for the season. Miami cornerback Byron Jones, their big ticket free agent acquisition. He's probably going to miss this week's game, which is a Thursday game. He missed most of last week's game against Buffalo. Jacksonville center Brandon Linder avoided serious injury. He's day-to-day. Denver lost two defensive ends for multiple weeks. Draymond Jones and Demarcus Walker. Could it, I mean, the Broncos are that team, right? That's They are... Really beat well, the 49ers up. might be that team, but yes. The, the Unfortunately, there might be more teams that are that team than yeah. that aren't that team. Yeah, but for the, nine, for the Niners, it's starting quarterback, Philip Lindsay, best wide receiver, Von Miller, uh, all the – Chubbs – well, no, Chubbs fine now. Sutton. Corlin Sutton. I said. He said their best yeah, receiver. No, oh, I'm sorry. And now two defensive What do you think events. he was talking about? Deshaun Hamilton? <laughs> no, I thought you said their cornerback. I'm sorry. I said, yeah, I said a lot of things. Uh, and I <laughs> talked about time of possession with the Vikings. I don't have their time of possession, but I will tell you that they have run 96 plays in two games. Least fewest in the NFL. Second fewest would be the Jets in Houston, 115 plays. So Minnesota, 96 scrimmage plays so far for the Vikings. All right, everybody. I'm giving away something big right here. We've got a sweepstakes. From Coors Light. Coors Light wants to give you a way to take a break from the new reality of endless video chats in 2020. Say goodbye to your video chat background and hello to that beautiful travel destination in real life and actually chill. Five lucky winners will get trips to the beautiful destinations they've been dreaming about going to for months. And to enter for a chance to win, visit CoorsLight.com outside during the month of September and upload a screenshot of yourself and your ideal video chat background. All right, go to CoorsLight.com outside this month. Upload a screenshot of yourself and your ideal video chat background. The prize package is valid through June 2022, so if you win, you can plan your trip whenever you feel comfortable. Man, I would love to go back to Bermuda. That was the best vacation I've ever had. I could use that as like my video chat background. I've often mm-hmm. used a just like a nice pool, like a like a nice deck and a nice pool as my video chat background when I'm zooming. So I can be like, oh look at me, I'm hanging out at the pool. So yeah, I would love to go somewhere kind of beachy or or warm. You know what I'm talking about, people. So anyway, you've got time. Go to uh, well, you got this month. Go there right now. CourseLight.com/slash/outside. 
CoorsLight.com slash outside. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And uh, the sweepstakes ends on October 1st, 2020. This is open only to legal residents of the 50 states plus D.C. And you have to be 21 plus years of age. Travel must be to the destination indicated in the entry and must be completed by June 30th, 2022. For official rules, including how to enter, prize details, and restrictions, visit www.coreslight.com outside. Void where prohibited and message and data rates may apply. And Dave... I know you like to chill with a Coors Light every now and then, huh? Dude, so I actually had a day where I I didn't work on football last week. It was Saturday. Uh, Did a ton of yard work around my house. I planted 27 bushes along the side of my fence. 27, I counted because it was a pain in the butt. And uh, look, you know I'm not exactly in the best shape. So by the time I was done, I was sweating like a hog. Uh, I was exhausted. My body was tired. You know, I'm over 40. I'm not some hip young kid that can go out and, and, you know, hit the clubs after a day of work like this. So I kicked back in my backyard with my newfound grass and shrubs and all that stuff. And I popped open a Coors Light and I just chilled out, man. I had my moment of chill after a really hard day. The sun was setting. I got to watch it. It wasn't too hot outside here in Florida. There was really only one beer out there that I felt is made to chill. That's Coors Light. It was delicious. It was crisp. It didn't have that disgusting aftertaste that a lot of craft beers and other beers have. It was really, really wonderful. I got to just sit and relax and uh, and just enjoy that blissful moment where I could just, <laughs> just you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, dude. I, I, well, I'm kind of half focused on this contest. Like I'm wondering if I can somehow like convince my wife to enter so that I can <laughs> go for take it, the man. vacation. That that would sound good. So, look, uh, when you need a moment of chill, the next time you're in a spot like that, go grab yourself a Coors Light, pop it open, and just relax and just you know. Um, Zen-like moment in the backyard with Coors Light. All right, let's get back to the waiver wire here. Our top three at each position. Jamie, give me three quarterbacks. Three quarterbacks would be Gardner Minshew, and then a lot of... But uh, I would look at um, Ryan Fitzpatrick and Mitchell Trubisky. If you're stuck, um, Fitzpatrick showed you some life last week uh, against a depleted Bills defense, but looked like the fantasy quarterback we saw last year, and I think it's going to be a fun... Facial hair shootout between Minshew and Fitzpatrick on Thursday night when the Dolphins and Jaguars meet up. And then Trubisky, uh, very good fantasy game week one, better NFL game week two, uh, hopefully a better fantasy game in week three in what could be a shootout against the Falcons based on how the Falcons team plays. So those would be the three quarterbacks I look at. Okay, fair enough. And then, you know, if, if um, Tannehill is available, he's rostered in 74% of leagues. Uh, yes, know. if Tannehill is out there, and who's the other guy I gave you? Burrow um, of the uh, Burrow. I would go Minshew, Tannehill, Burrow in that order. Okay, uh, Dave. We talked about a lot of running backs. Um, so you got Mike Davis, you got Daryl Henderson, Jarek McKinnon, uh, the Giants situation, Miles Gaskin. Any anyone else that you think is worth at least fab five fab dollars? I don't think. Jeff Wilson is worth five fab dollars, but we do know that Jarek McKinnon can't be the only running back for San Francisco against the Giants. It does seem like a good matchup, and it seems like one that Jeff Wilson could score in. 
I would spend one fab dollar, 1% of my fab on Jeff Wilson. I would spend potentially one fab dollar on Reggie Bonathon. And uh, Damian Harris might be out there yeah. in a few leagues. He could come off of IR after week three. I know that getting a Patriots running back is you know, you'd rather go get a root canal at this point. And Cam Newton is doing all the short yardage goal line work for the Patriots. But he he impressed in training camp. He's got some good skills. The Patriots like to use good football players. I wonder if he's worth stashing starting. If not, if not, maybe you don't pick him up on Tuesday night, Wednesday morning. Maybe you wait till Friday and you just tuck him onto the end of your bench, provided that you have the room. Because if he blossoms into something, man, any running back that's worth a darn is going to have good value in trade. Mm-hmm. You could at the very least have a trade chip that can help your team out a little bit. Or maybe he ends up being the lead back for the Patriots and maybe splits that short yardage work with Cam Newton, gives the Patriots another option there. They might want a second option after kind of you know rolling the dice with Cam at the goal line one time too many against Seattle. I will say, if you're talking Patriots running backs, if you're looking in deeper leagues, if James White does not play in week three because of the tragedy that he's dealing with, and again, our thoughts and prayers go out to his family. Um, Rex Burkhead had four catches in that game against the Seahawks on six targets. So he stepped up into that pass catching role. So Harris is obviously better long-term, but if you're looking at a short-term scenario in PPR, if you're stuck, you know, Burkhead probably going to be that guy again. And we'll see if they're in a run heavy mode, like they were week one when they were winning the game easily against the dolphins, or if they're in more of a competitive game against the Raiders who give the Raiders credit look really good. Oh, who called that upset? It was me. Did, right? oh, I, I did so, pick right? that upset. I said Raiders beat the Saints, and I said the Giants could beat the Bears, and that came down to the last play. Eh? All right, go me. Go me, everybody. All right. I'm proud of you. <laughs> Thank you. Apparently, I'm proud of myself. Um, yeah, I look, I actually don't really think the Saints are so great without Michael Thomas, but gosh, I was really disappointed in their DST and their defense in general, but what the heck? They just... They they looked like they sold poorly. out to stop the run, and Darren Waller did whatever he wanted to, and, you know, right. Carr missed a couple shots down the field, but Carr played really well. I mean, you know, he, he took what was available to him, and, you know, give them credit. They missed a lot of tackles. All right, wide receivers. Uh, we've named some names. Jamie, give me, give me the top names at receiver. Well, I mean, there's a few we didn't talk about. Uh, I think Marcos Valdez-Gantling is absolutely worth picking up, um, you know, just based on how he's looked through two games. The drops have been a little unfortunate, but he's obviously playing a lot. And with the way Rodgers is playing right now, especially if Devontae Adams does miss the game, he's dealing with a hamstring injury, is expected to play. But you could see more targets headed for MVS, and you just want a piece of this Packers offense when it's available to you. And right now it's available to you with uh, – with, um, with how, what MVS's uh, right. roster percentage is. Do you at, like at him better than Lazard at this point? I like him better than Lazard, yes, because of what his uh, quarterback is doing and what his role is. You know, should, um, L- Lazard is uh, Lazard is not you know taking the same shots down the field. Okay. How long does it last though? Because Valdez Scantling hasn't been exactly reliable. He's just way inconsistent on those. He's their throws. speed. He's their speed. You know, and, and they don't. You know, Adams runs well, but he's not a burner and. Lazard is not a burner. And so Valdez Gantling is their shot guy. And so far the targets have been there for him. So you got to like it. Um, I would also take a look at some of the injury replacement guys. Michael Pittman, you know, is a guy that got six targets last week. They got a good matchup this week against the Jets. Paris Campbell is probably going to be out for several weeks. And so Pittman is a guy that's different from what they have in terms of Zach Pascal and, and T.Y. Hilton. So I think he's going to be interesting. Um, the two Jaguars guys of LaVisca Chenault and Keelan Cole are definitely interesting with the way that they've been playing. The fact that Chenault keeps getting carries. 
is nice. And then now KJ Hamler's role increases because of Cortland Sutton being out. So that's more of a long-term play because I don't think you want to trust Hamler with, um, without, uh, without Drew Locke in there. But I think, uh, you know, the fact they had seven targets in his NFL debut and they're probably gonna be chasing points most week. This is, this is now a, a discovery season for the Broncos, you know, see what you have in Judy, see what you have in Hamler, see what you have in, and hopefully Drew Locke and, you know, feature these young guys without, without their lead receiver there. All right. Tight end Dave, John U. Smith. I think if he's available, he's 80% rostered. He's got to be, um, I would, I would think number one, but maybe Gesicki. I don't know. So who, who do you like at tight end? Uh, Gesicki is going to be first. I can't say that he's a definite long-term solution. He's got Jacksonville this week and then Seattle and San Francisco in consecutive weeks after that. So not great, but you could definitely stream him this week. Dalton Schultz in Dallas. Got the targets that Blake Jarwin was supposed to get. I think he could continue to to be a good volume guy, but I don't love him this week. He's a little bit more of a long-term play. He plays Seattle in week three. Jordan Reed was so impressive, man. Not exactly fast, but San Francisco just schemed him up nicely. Nice big size, reliable hands. They need targets in that offense. Uh, I, he he would probably vault to second if you needed just a one week option on this list. But don't we didn't think Kittle was coming back this week? I thought that was the deal. If it look if Kittle does come back, then obviously Jordan Reed's going to take a huge step down. But for now, I don't I I don't know if Kittle's going to play. Okay, not scared. So the Giants have not allowed twenty yards to a tight end yet. Pittsburgh but and Reed's Chicago. more of a wide receiver than a tight end okay. anyway. Mm-hmm. One couple more, and these are just low end guys. Jordan Akins with Houston could be a regular part of their offense. He played a lot in weeks one and two. I think he's their best tight end. Not a not a touchdown vulture like Darren Fells. Um, decent volume could be their form from week to week. And Mo Alley Cox, uh, as long as Jack Doyle's out, he's going to be the top tight end for the Colts. And and I think I said it on Sunday. Week one was Philip Rivers is great to throw into running backs. Week two is Philip Rivers is great to throw into tight ends. And if Cox is his only top tight end. Uh, he's got the Jets this week. It's a good matchup. You can see Mo Alley Cox come through again. If you need him for just one week, I would probably rank them Gesicki, Reed as now, Alley Cox as the top three. And if it's long term, it's still going to be Gesicki first, but I'll put Schultz second. All right, Jamie, DSTs to look at this week. You got the Colts, uh, great matchup against the Jets, and they certainly performed better in week two than they did in week one. So that would be the first one I'd go look for. The Chargers get the Panthers without McCaffrey. Uh, I think they're going to make things tough on Teddy Bridgewater. And then the Browns, um, you know, Cleveland defense played well against the Bengals for the majority of that game. Burrow threw 61 times. I don't think you're going to get 61 pass attempts from Dwayne Haskin. And I think you'll see uh, Dwayne Haskins, excuse me. Um, I like the way that Cleveland will be able to, I think, limit this Washington football team and their offensive production. Well, uh, do you drop the Ravens DST facing the Chiefs on Monday night, or do you try to roster two? I would try and roster two, but I mean that's a decision that comes down to you know with all these injuries that you're dealing with, and with all of the you know the limited roster space that a lot of fantasy managers have, it's probably going to be tough to do that. So it comes down to I think what your what your roster construction is. But they've been so I, good. I, Holy cow! I would probably just take my lumps against the mm-hmm. Chiefs and see if they can create a turnover or two, and sack Mahomes a couple of times. Points are not going to be in their favor. So check your DSD scoring. But you know, uh, I I made a decision just to give you a similar one, not to the same level, but I could drop the Patriots DSD mm-hmm. to pick up the Buccaneers. You know, and so that was something that looking at schedule for both teams, uh, opportunity in week number two. I felt comfortable enough with it. So if there's a DST out there that you like, 
that you think you can get some good mileage out of, then you move on from the Ravens. But it'd be nice to hold on to them if you can. After the Chiefs, they play Washington, then Cincinnati, and then at Philadelphia. Yeah, so you got to keep. I, I, I would hang on to the Ravens them. if you, if you've got to just start them and you don't want to carry two DSTs. Go ahead and do it. Yeah, it's tough if you're zero and two and you have to start them. You might be able to trade them. I mean, they, I think they're va- like a, they're a legitimately valuable commodity, especially with that schedule after this Chiefs game, Washington, Cincinnati, Philadelphia. That's just tremendous, and they've been really, really good so far. Um, so yeah, uh, and then uh, kickers. Jamie's got Michael Badgley for the Chargers, Rodrigo Blankenship. 18% rostered for the Colts and Mason Crosby for the Packers. Uh, you know, fun game. Rodgers at Breeze on Sunday night football. Usually these guys go off uh, primetime, especially primetime home games for Drew Breeze. Uh, just doesn't really feel like that right now for Drew Breeze. We got to talk about that game. He looks terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not, not that pinpoint old. accuracy. But just like, but what? Just overnight? Now he's old. You know, it's weird. It's well, like I mean, it he, wasn't he a, is old, but it's not <laughs> he's like not overnight he's old. He's, it's not like old. a steady decline where we saw signs of it last well, year. He's been I at mean, the absolute top of his game. He he is, and will go down as one of the most accurate quarterbacks ever. Um, he holds several records in terms of completion percentage, and he still was completing very accurate passes. But you see the first game without Michael Thomas, and you saw the way that he performed in Week One. And he's just not throwing downfield with any sort of zip. And so that's the the concern is that if you take away all these underneath routes and Michael Thomas isn't there, what's this offense going to look like? And you saw it against the Raiders, which I think their defense is not as um, valued as it probably should be because I think they have a lot of nice players and Paul Gunther's a good defensive coordinator. But you look at uh, this Packers defense that they're facing and it could be a little bit tougher for them because I think the pass rush is better for the Packers. So you know, I think Breeze and, and look, uh, Ramchek was was banged up. I think a little bit last night. Um, Andrews another, Pete, uh, Andrews Pete got got banged up as well. You know, so they were they were a little bit. Uh, you know, or I'm sorry, maybe Ramchek wasn't hurt, but but Pete was. You know, Pete banged was. up. Yep. And so that's something that's a little bit concerning when you got to go against you know the two Smith guys for the Packers. Yeah, well, I mean, would you drop Drew Breeze for Gardner Minshew? Yes, if that's yep. the only move I can make. All right, but like if Michael Thomas comes back in two weeks, and you're gonna probably regret dropping Drew Brees, but I don't think so. You know, I think it depends on what your league is like. You know, we we uh, we may not see the rush to pick him up. Like, I, I how many people are picking up Carson Wentz if you drop him? And those guys were drafted in similar range. Yeah, I, Stafford too. There's got to be. Well, okay, so that's the thing. I am picking up Stafford. Galladay's expected. Stafford to play is this a week. different category. Yes. Why is that? I don't know that Stafford should be in a different category than Drew Brees. I think it's easy to put Wentz last because, I, as well, I've said over and over, Wentz, each of the last two seasons, has not been a top-12 quarterback on a per-game basis. So we were hoping that he'd be better this year. Brees is missing his best weapon, but if yes, the best wide receiver it, football comes back, then, you know. You said, you said it. We we know Galladay's coming back. Yeah. We don't know that Thomas is coming back. I think when Thomas comes back, it's a different story with Brees. But right now, Stafford on the rise, Brees on the decline. And in, and that has to do with their weapons, clearly. I feel like it needs to be mentioned that Josh Jacobs just he has he has never proven that he can carry a big workload for a full season. Not saying he can't, because I didn't really get the opportunity at Alabama, but a very few carries in college for a first round pick running back. Missed three games last year and was in and out of the game in the fourth quarter yesterday, banged up, mm-hmm. and he's getting a ton of work. So I don't know what you do about that. Like, obviously, he's awesome and you want him on your team. But 
I like, do you just pick up Devontae Booker? Is Devontae Booker like a Chase Edmonds, Boston Scott kind of handcuff? I mean, based on the usage last night, I would say it's going to be messy if you don't have Jacobs. And I agree. Booker and, and Jalen Richard. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you're if you're a Jalen Richard truther, you're happy that he got rewarded after the fumble because there could have been a scenario where they don't put him back in the game um, and use Booker instead. But I think you look at it as Jacobs is is probably in the sell high category if you can get if you could right get right. a good package you- in return for him. Like, you what? don't give him away. We were talking about him as like, you know, a top five overall player last Well, week. I mean, if, if your concern is workload and and exactly what you just said, I'm not selling Josh Jacobs. I love Josh Jacobs. But if you're putting him in a category, it's sell high, you know, just based on what the, the potential downfall could be. Yeah. yeah it's, it's just injuries that could hold him back because he's everything you want in a lead fantasy running back. Could have had a touchdown last night, you know, didn't, yep. didn't punch one in. And then Carr had the fumble. And they, you know, may not have gone. That could have been the play for him. I, I think you uh you, you gotta like the fact that he's got seven catches through two weeks. Absolutely. That was the 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 story for him and, and he's delivering on it. Yeah. I mean the bottom line is last night game was was fun. Um, but the touchdowns scored by the Raiders were the most fantasy useless touchdowns, except for right. except <laughs> for uh Waller. I uh, just the thing about the Raiders here, I don't know how do you feel about this. Their next two opponents, or their next five weeks at New England, Buffalo, at Kansas City might Kansas City might have a good defense, especially but at that point they'll have their suspended guys back by and then Tampa Bay. So it's it's tough, tough sledding at New England, Buffalo, at Kansas City, by and then Tampa Bay. It's tough sledding there, I think. Uh, does that scare you? Is there you? a good defense, though, in the NFL right now? Uh, well, not- we just got done talking about Baltimore. Baltimore is is certainly up there. Pittsburgh is up there. Pittsburgh's up there, and Melvin Gordon still had a nice-looking game against them. Okay, I think we're just looking at this. This was the issue coming into this season with the lack of a training camp in in what training camp typically is in preseason, that these guys are just not playing at the level that they're typically used to playing. They're good better, but injuries are a problem. Yeah, honestly, I don't know that New England has a good defense. They have lost so much since last year. Did you did you know the stat on Gilmore with the touchdown Metcalf scored? No. First touchdown he's allowed since 2018. (laughs) That sounds about right. You yeah. should you should have seen my face. We were on the air, and Heath even called me out. He's like, Adam is wide-eyed right now. I was like, Yep, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, those guys fighting the whole game was awesome. Yeah. Trager, get a screenshot of that. No, no, don't do that. No, no, no. It was um, uh, it was amazing. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you, and and, and we've seen the 49ers defense fall apart. Uh, injuries are going to continue to be a problem. Like Buffalo's defense, for example. Gasecki did that, I think, in large part because of the injuries that they have yep. to the linebacking court. Yep. Right. Yep. Absolutely. And I, so it's like, if you look at, I, I'll tell you, I don't know, Dave, where you have Higby ranked. Uh, that'll switch for me if those guys play. Like, I have Higby ranked third right now. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Yeah. All right, so last question then is like, do you even try to entertain offers for Darren Waller or do you just keep them? Of course. If someone's willing to open offers on anybody, I just don't think that the market right now, I don't know how many fantasy managers are dying to acquire a tight end unless it's a fair deal at the very least or a really good deal at the very most. Here, here's Running the thing back with, is the position that I think everybody's going to be flipping on this week. The, mm-hmm. the thing about um, a player like Waller and Higby and any of the tight ends that you drafted 
that you feel comfortable with maybe some of the guys on the, on the waiver wire. If you could turn those players, like if you're the McCaffrey owner or the Barkley owner and you need some running back help and somebody has a tight end and you could try and maybe package something and Waller or Higby or something to get a running back and then you end up with Gusecki or maybe Dalton Schultz or maybe you just continue to you know go the streaming stream of, yep. of Jordan Reed this week or Moali Cox this week or one of these guys. Uh, another guy is, uh, we didn't talk about it, Drew Sample. You know, Joe Burrow is in love with his tight ends right now. And Drew Sample now steps up without CJ Uzama there. So there's going to be small sample size. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, there's going to be guys that you can sort of pivot to that aren't Waller or Higby or those type of guys or Hayden Hurst. If you want to flip him after one big game or Noah fan after two big games, you know, so there's there's uh, there's an opportunity there to, to sort of manage your roster a different way to get some running back help. Um, but you got to feel comfortable if you have Waller after those first two games and Higby after what he did and Fant and, you know, now Hayden Hurst. So, you know, these guys are rewarding you if you drafted them. As long as you didn't draft Gronk or Hooper. <sighs> Gronk. Let's do the drop-o-meter. Here we go. Here we Zero go. to ten on the drop-o-meter. I shouldn't sound so enthusiastic about this, right? This is a negative segment. Uh, Adrian Peterson. Why don't, try, why don't you try that again then? All right, guys. Let's um, look. I don't really want to do this, but let's do the drop-o-meter. I think we have to. Okay. Yeah, I liked it better the first time. All right. Yeah, the drop-o-meter. Adrian Peterson. <laughs> Get rid of these <laughs> crap bags. Zero to ten for Peterson. Five. Seven. DeAndre Swift. Zero. Two. Carry on Johnson. Uh, uh, I'm taking back my seven for Adrian Peterson, and I'm going to give it to Carry on Johnson. Carry on played more than Adrian Peterson in week two. Peterson is 35 years old. If he goes down, carry on's role increases. I will say four on carry on. Yeah, remember, they were limiting him in week one because he was coming back from the surgery. So uh, he only had one more. I would rather have carry on than Adrian Peterson. Okay. Uh, Drop a meter. Carson Wentz does have Cincinnati this week. Eight. Yep. By the way, we haven't mentioned Alshon Jeffrey. Is he a good player to pick up? Could return at any moment, but I'm sure they're going to ease him back in. So there's a lot of other receivers I'd rather have right now, including Jalen Rager. Boston Scott drop a meter. Ten. Three. It basically just depends on whether or not you want to stash a, a high end backup, right? Like a injury yep. replacement. Yeah, right? that's what I think in the case of Scott. Yeah. He's I don't think he's gonna help you win this week. Mm-hmm. Uh Daniel right, Jones. We're, we're, ju- we're judging Sorry. him on his one game sample size when Lane Johnson did not play in that offensive line was a complete disaster and a joke. So I think if he has his healthy offensive line in front of him, at least whatever their healthy offensive line is. You'd want to have that in case Miles Sanders goes down. Not to mention Scott himself got hurt in that game. Uh, True. Daniel Jones, drop meter 10. Yeah. 30. Tariq Cohen. Hmm. Uh, this is this is format specific. So non-PPR, he's a 7. In PPR, he's a 2. I think he might be a 10 either way. I don't know how you're going to feel good starting him in any format right now. Just got to pick them to lose, man. You just you need them to be trailing. Yeah, this is gonna I be an interesting it. week. Very interesting week. Uh, they're two and zero, uh, and Anthony Miller. They're facing it. They're at Atlanta. Like Atlanta should be an opportunity for Tariq Cohen here. Anthony Miller, seventy nine percent roster drop meter. It should be an opportunity for Anthony Miller. I'll say yep. two. Okay. Yeah, I'll say five because he's just one of these guys that's going to probably be in and out of your lineup. And you know how much I like him, but if he's not getting targets, it's going to be hard to trust him. Benny Snell, same as Scott, uh, the, basically same boat as Boston Scott. Okay. Naeem Hines. He's in the same boat as Tariq Cohen. Non-PPR, it's going to be hard to trust him. PPR, I want to hold on. Matt Breida. I prefer to hold on Sorry. to Hines than Cohen and PPR. Sorry, Dave. Matt Breida. 10. 10. Uh, Jordan Howard. 
15. 12. <laughs> Michael Gallup. Zero. Zero. All right. I want to call. I, I, it's like I want to call my shot. Like Michael Gallup's going to have a big game this week at Seattle. He's due. He, they he all needs, might. He needs, they need Tyron Smith healthy because Dak was not throwing down the field. Okay, guys. Uh, back to the waiver wire. We've given you a ton of names, but let's go a little bit deeper here. Um, Joe Burrow and Ryan Tannehill are the players who you need to check to see if they're available. They're rostered in 80% and 74% of leagues, respectively. Uh, respectively. What was the hell was that? Um, Burrow, like, are you starting either Burrow or Tannehill this week? Tannehill, yeah, he should be a For starter. For sure, this yeah. Tannehill. At Minnesota. Burrow, um, no. Okay. What about Baker Mayfield? He is 66% rostered. He gets Washington this week. Um, they've been decent, I guess, against quarterbacks other than Kyler Murray's rushing. But like, what about Mayfield? Do you have long-term hopes for him? <laughs> the, the two mm-hmm. quarterbacks that they faced, they, they've been decent. <laughs> um, what, Washington? I know what you're saying. Yeah, you know, they have. I mean, they faced Wentz and Murray. They, they've given up points, but mostly it was, it was Murray's uh, rushing. I think for Mayfield, you're going to get on the high end better, slightly better than what you got last week. Because, like, you want them to be in a game where they're chasing points. Yeah. I just don't see that happening this week. Okay. Because he's not, they're not going to open up the offense all of a sudden and say, you know, go throw it 40 times. Um, okay. So then we got Gardner Minshew, who is 54% rostered. And, and, like, do you just think, obviously, this week could be good against Miami without their top cornerback. Uh, the Dolphins are allowing the most passing yards per attempt so far in the NFL. Uh, but for Minshew, is it, I mean, are you just treating him like he's legit? Basically, yes. borderline top 12 yes. quarterback rest of season. They uh, they may be this year's Miami Dolphins, where everybody thought they were terrible. Mm-hmm. And they got surprising quarterback play from Ryan Fitzpatrick, and they won more games than they had hoped to. They still ended up getting the quarterback that they intended to get all along in Tua. But the Jaguars were picked to be the worst team in the NFL. They were excellent in week one across the board, offense and defense. And they went toe-to-toe with the Titans team that usually handles them very easily. And so they could beat the Dolphins and end up 2-1 and one through three weeks, which nobody would have expected. And Minshew was a big part of that. So he's, he's playing fantastic. His receiving core is playing fantastic. James Robinson has been a huge surprise and, and looks legit. And I love him this week. I be- Listen, I don't know about you. I've believed in the Jaguars since day one. Okay, I've been, out, <laughs> I've been on them all here. All right, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Adam P. Prisco Azer. <laughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick at the Jaguars coming off 26 fantasy points against Buffalo or through 47 times. Uh, like, would you start Fitzpatrick over Drew Brees this week? Yes. yes. Ooh, all right. Would you start Trubisky over Drew Brees this week? Yes. No. Okay. Let's see. Would you start Ryan Fitzpatrick or Phillip Rivers this week? Rivers against the Jets. Fitzpatrick. Yep. Fitzpatrick or Wentz? Fitzpatrick. I have Wentz two spots higher. Trubisky or Wentz this week? Wentz. Okay. Um, and then there's Justin Herbert. You know, actually, two quarterback leagues, super flex leagues, there are going to be some decisions to make. You might see Justin Herbert out there. You might see Nick Mullins. You might see I Jeff Driscoll. I hope you see Justin yeah. Herbert out there. I mean, I don't know what Anthony Lynn is doing. Like, you, you got a chance to. He's trying to be cool to Tyrod. Oh, I get why he's doing it. I just don't understand why he would do it. Like, you got the, the, the scenario that you needed. Mm-hmm. You got Tyrod yeah. getting hurt. You got Herbert to play in your toughest matchup, in your biggest division rival, and he was excellent. And 
not his fault that they lost the game. Like Anthony Lynn said, last time I checked, we lost the game. That was his quote yesterday. Okay, maybe you shouldn't have punted. Um, this, this, this is this is what you want. You want to have. He made a big mistake, though. He made a big that interception. He should have just run the ball. Yeah. Like that's. If, oh, if he, you thinks, don't, yeah. he played well. I I think he played well. You don't you for, don't I, run left. I think he played right especially well for his first game. I thought so too. Right. And it's great. And the thing that you look for is you look for was he overwhelmed by the moment? And I guess the camera picked no. up saying on the sideline, like, man, this is cool. Like he, he, he mm-hmm. gets it. Like he, he has the moxie to play in this league and to play hopefully at a high level. And now you got a chance to see him unprepared. Now he should be prepared. It's a layup of a game because the Panthers going on the road without their best player. Like you don't get a better scenario than this. So if I'm Anthony Lynn, okay, you want to be cool with Tyrod, fine. Tyrod, go make sure your test is okay. Sit out another week. And if Herbert lights up the Panthers like he potentially could, I'd start him over Breeze, for example, if he's starting. Like, that's how much confidence I have in him. All right, guys. So let me just, let's just kind of get through the rest of these names here. So Phillip Rivers uh, against the Jets, who are awful. What's your confidence level in him? Not Not high, but, but I think he could be good. All right. And Stafford, if anybody drops Stafford, go get him, right? Yes. All right. What about Nick Mullins? What about Jeff Driscoll? Mullins nope. at the Giants, Driscoll nope. against Tampa Bay. Okay. If I had to pick between the two of them, it's Driscoll. Okay. Yeah. Mullins uh, made eight starts in 2018. He was on pace for 4,500 yards and 26 touchdowns, but also 20 interceptions. He had four pretty damn good games, 23 or more points. He had four pretty bad games. Yeah. Uh, I'm taking Mullins for sure. All right. Running back. Well, but Driscoll himself for was actually week, pretty good sure. last yeah. year. Uh, 20 points, 31 points, and 14 points in three starts. Uh, running back. Okay, so a lot of repeat names, but Josh Kelly. All right, I'm sorry. If Josh Kelly is available, he's 71 percent roster. Number one, not close. Over Mike Davis, not close. Okay. Uh, and then you've got Mike Davis. You got Daryl Henderson, Jarek McKinnon, Miles Gaskin, Devontae Freeman, Dion Lewis, Wayne Gallman. I really think we've covered all of these names. Some we haven't. Carry on Johnson um, at Arizona. Frank Gore got 21 carries. He's at Indianapolis this week. Chris Thompson caught a touchdown. He only had five touches. And Jeff Wilson, mm-hmm. we talked about. Rex Burkhead, we talked about. I don't know that we need to spend more time on running back. I think Chris Thompson's think interesting just because you saw chasing points. He was more involved in the passing game. And so not for this week, but moving forward, you know, PPR leagues, he could be interesting. Sounds like you guys are going to pick the Jaguars this week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take the Dolphins. You know what I learned in week two? That Philip Rivers is horrible because the Jaguars' defense is as bad as we thought it was going to be. And you go back to Week One, and Philip Rivers couldn't beat that team. Like that was pretty bad. He's not good. You know what we're seeing is that you know give Ben Roethlisberger credit because of the older quarterbacks right now. Brady has not looked good. Breeze has not looked good. Rivers has not looked good. Brady should have had a much better game last week than what the stats say. He had receivers dropping passes. Two touchdowns were dropped. I'm not ready to say Brady looks bad. Sorry to. Oh, I don't think I don't think he's bad, but he has not looked good. There definitely has been some stats and some points that should have been on the board that haven't been. He's had, yeah, he's mm-hmm. had some some good moments, some some bad moments. And but, he did that without Godwin, so give him credit. Yeah, you know, so new system, so. new coach, all that stuff. Yeah, new climate, weather's different, real estate, you know, just so many things for Brady to have to think about. Well, in week two, he would have been in Seattle, so it really wouldn't have mattered. Uh, um, what do you mean? Had stayed with the Patriots, with, yeah. yeah, right. Okay, pit wide receivers. Debo Samuel might be available. Seventy-four percent rostered. He's out this week. He could come back in week four. 
Robbie Anderson. The only issue I have with Robbie Anderson right now, guys, the Chargers defense looks pretty, really, really good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Really good. Um, A.J. Green could have had a big game. He had two almost touchdowns. Tyreek Hill had 99 yards and a touchdown, although it took a long time for him to get good. Uh, no other wide receivers at more than 33 yards against the Chargers. But is Anderson a long-term play? I think he is. He's a short-term play, too. You don't have to play him this week to not consider him as a, at least a third wide receiver. They're going to be throwing the ball 50 times. Tons of targets. A lot of them are short range and a couple of deep balls mixed in. Okay. Alan Lazard is also 68%. Roster. He may be the perfect safe floor, high upside receiver that no one really gave any credit to before the season started. Anderson. Yeah. Okay. There's one guy that I just wanted to bring up. He's 81% rostered. How do you feel about Brandon cooks? If you see him on your waiver wire, um, I don't like him this week. He'd be ahead of everybody that we talked about. Okay. Brandon Cooks is at Pittsburgh this week. Fuller is not injured, is he? I think he is. It's one of those, we're going to get a limited practice throughout the week, but he's not on the injury report. He did leave the game and come back. It's like what happened to Boston Scott last week, where right. you know looked like he was in trouble and then was able to sort of work his way through it. There's a video of him getting stretched out on the sideline with his hamstring. Yeah. So, you know, just, just thinks that he's hurt again. He left early in the fourth quarter and didn't come back. After the game, it was reported he had a hamstring injury. Okay. I thought we'll he see. played through it without a target. But he's okay. No, bottom line is Will Fuller's got hamstring issues right now. So, um, you, you don't even need to say right now. <laughs> Russell Gage, Nikhil Harry. I mean, Nikhil Harry had six targets in week one. Cam Newton threw 20 passes, and then he had 12 he's tied targets. He's the team lead in targets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's two guys basically getting the bulk of it. So he's 40% rostered, gets the Las Vegas. This week, uh, Corey Davis. You guys like better, Nikhil Harry or Corey Davis? Long term, Harry. Short term, Davis. I'll take Davis. Uh, MVS, 30% rostered. We talked about Golden Tate earlier. And then you've got guys like Michael Pittman, um, who's got an opportunity now with the Colts. And Keelan Cole and uh, LaVisca Chenault. So Cole's getting more targets. I mean, he's got 12 targets through two games. Who do you prefer, Cole? Two good games. Two, yeah, yeah, two good games in a row. Cole or Chenault? Chenault long-term, Cole right now. I'll say Chenault for both because I just, I feel like we've been burned by Keelan Cole a couple of times already in his career. Uh, all right, if you want to just put someone on your bench, is it KJ Hamler, Jalen Rager, Brandon Ayuk? Those three, who would it be? I think Rager's got the most upside if they start to use him a little bit different. Right now, he's just running down the field. Um, but, you know, had four catches after only one catch in week one. Ayuk is obviously a wild card because of Garoppolo. But Hamler, if he gets Drew Locke back, the opportunity is huge for him now without Sutton there. So they're all kind of similar to me. And Pittman really belongs in this group more than the other group. Like, he's he's a guy you stash and wait and see on. Yeah, I mean, if you're putting him in this group, he's the best by far. I agree. And then what with do you... Rager, but Chenault, Chenault's are probably be in this group, too, because, again, he hasn't really done much. What do you do with the guys who are getting opportunities based on injury, but we don't have a ton of faith in them? Like, Traquan Smith, Adam Humphreys, Chris Hogan, Braxton Berrios, um, you know, the guys like you, that. You, Scott Miller, you, even. Yeah, you take them week to week. That's all you can really do. And I think Traquan's the, probably the most interesting of that group. I would hope if... If I'm the Saints, 
And Drew Brees prior to the season said breakout season coming for Traquan Smith, which I think we all laughed at because they bring in Sanders and obviously Thomas is there. But if you look at the way the two guys played last night, Sanders looked lost and Traquan looked awesome. That was a pretty weak call on that block in the back, though, on Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah, it was terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they got two guys, though. <laughs> if Sammy Watkins is out, are you interested in Demarcus Robinson or Nicole Hardman? I'd be a little interested in Hardman. Not this week. No. No, yeah, not against not Baltimore. Right. Okay. If you Tight tell me end. Watkins is out long term, then it's a different story. Tight ends, we got John U. Smith, who's 80% rostered. Um, Mike Gasicki, Dalton Schultz, Jordan Reed. Thankfully, we've already gone through most of these guys. Um, Schultz does look like he has a pretty tough matchup at Seattle. They've done well against Hayden Hurst. Uh, and then New England doesn't really throw to the tight end much, although Jacob Johnson caught a touchdown that counted as a tight end touchdown. Uh, Jordan Reed, big game, two touchdowns on eight targets at the Jets. Drew Samples got Washington. They were bad against the Eagles tight ends. They were good against Arizona for what that's worth. Mo Ali Cox gets the Jets, who just gave up two touchdowns to Jordan Reed. So you could see a lot of people going after him. Jordan Akins, 55 yards in week two, 39 yards and a touchdown in week one. He's at Pittsburgh this week. Tyler Eifert gets Miami this week. He had a touchdown, uh, three for 36 and a touchdown. Um, and uh, so far, the Dolphins, they've been fine, but they face New England and Buffalo. Uh, so And Knox got concussed in that game. Yeah, so not much to go off there. So, yeah, I mean, uh, anything you want to say about these guys? Gasicki, Schultz, Reed, Sample, Mo Cox, Akins, Eifert. I mean, Gusecki, if he's going to do that consistently, he's going to be awesome. He's not going to do that consistently, though. But, you know, the, the thing is, is this is the type of player that can be a difference maker. You know, I'll go back to what I said in the preseason. You know, they're going to use him a lot, and, and, and they like him. And, you know, it's, a, it's, it's sort of a concentrated offense, although Isaiah Ford getting as many targets as he did in week two was interesting, and maybe Preston Williams needs some work to do. Oh, yeah, I just want to bring up one other sleeper, Logan Thomas. I mean, I know he had a bad game, but he had nine targets, and the Browns have been he's got 17 targets in two games. The Browns have been so bad against tight ends so far. It's a good call. <laughs> so where would he slot in? Would you rather have Mo Alley Cox or Logan Thomas? I'd rather have Logan Thomas long-term, but Mo Alley Cox is better as long as Jack Doyle's out. Right. So Alley Cox would probably get the nod for this week. All right, and then the DSTs we were going to talk about, uh, the Colts against the Jets. The, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Colts against the Jets. They're the number one DST for me this week. Chargers against Carolina. See, the Chargers were dropped because they were playing the Chiefs, but they played really well against the Chiefs mm-hmm. and the Cleveland Browns against Washington. These these uh, DSTs are pretty available, so that could be a high priority for people. And Michael Badgley, Rodrigo Blankenship, and Mason Crosby. All right. Good show, guys. Thank you very much. Thumbs up. Hey, all, right. all right. Hey, okay. Yeah. Uh, hey. Join us on Twitch. Half the NFL's hurt. Hooray. Uh, I, I was in a kind of a bad mood about it. Like, it's just less fun. It's less of fun course. to not see these great players. It sucks. Uh, it's, it's. I feel bad for, for them. I feel bad for the players. I feel bad for, foot, I don't know, football fans. We're all deprived of great for players. Everybody. Yeah, it sucks. How do you feel good for anything when a guy like Saquon Barkley is done for the year? Yeah, it sucks. Or Corlin Sutton is done for the year. It's not fun. Well, this was a great note to end the podcast on. (laughs) Join us tonight on Twitch at 8 p.m. Eastern. Jamie will be there. See you later, everybody. Grab your VIP pass. 
We're delving into the secretive world of Formula One. Behind the scenes with two of the sport's biggest names, Mercedes and Williams. This is not coal mining, this is Formula One motor racing. As they build their new cars. We want to be so much further ahead. We are in permanent racing mode. And face shocking headlines. Here's Lewis Hamilton moving away from Mercedes. I'm Joseph Fiennes and this is F1, back at base. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.